0: Hey guys Easton here real quick today's free version of the Mike Herndon show is a film room segment which of course has a pretty serious video component if you just want to listen via podcast no problem keep listening but if you want to watch and see the film that we're breaking down there's a link in the description of this podcast you can click to get to the free YouTube version of today's Mike Herndon show enjoy.
1: Welcome into the Mike Herndon Show, week five. Uh, I am Mike Herndon, and this is Easton Freeze, director of published content for broadwaysportsmedia.com. Of course, the website uh, that is, brings you this show. Um, and we are uh, ready to break down a, a Titans win over the Indianapolis Colts, uh, getting yes. them the two and two, as well as uh, looking ahead at the uh, matchup with the, uh, the commies, Uh, As I will struggle to name them throughout this episode and will possibly (laughs) slip back into either Redskins or uh, Washington football team or uh, the R words. You you never know which uh, which name that they've gone by over the last few years that I might accidentally drop into a spot. So
0: absolutely. Mike, how was your weekend? How was your week? It's been a week since we've talked. Um, Did you enjoy watching the Titans get a win on the road in Indianapolis?
1: It was it was great. I mean, look. The the we'll talk about the whole second half thing and, and all and, and everything that goes along with that. But anytime you get a road win over a division rival, especially the division rival that you were expecting to compete with for the division crown heading into the season, it may have switched to another team now. But um anytime you can get that win, that is a big time win. It doesn't matter how ugly it is or or you know what you think of the other team or whatever. It, winning on the road in the NFL is tough. Yep. Uh and you got to take the wins where you can get them the Titan what what were they they were three and a half point dogs in that game they were they yeah three and a half point dogs easy muffin that's that's a big win
0: yeah it is a big win um obviously it, it gets them back to five hundred and you know they've got their heads above water at this point which is the the big deal and they are facing a a lackluster commander's team this week with the opportunity Fully within their reach of being above 500 heading into their very, very early week six. Buy. Um, We got such a great response last week when we did our film room segment that we are going to do it again because I know each and every week you're diving into the film, anyways, whether it's on a show like this or not. And so we're going to put it out there for people here free in front of the paywall. The half of the show that we are doing the film room segment in will be available to everybody, but then the rest of the show which is fantastic as well, our breakdown of this upcoming matchup as well as a couple of different fun segments at the end of the show behind the paywall. So you'll have to uh, become a Broadway insider to get all of that. But for now, let's not waste any time diving into some of the film that you found interesting from Titans Colts last week. The first clip you have here and the first segment of clips that we have here all revolve around the really the main narrative main storyline with this team so far this year, the second half struggles.
1: Yeah. And it is, um, you know, the numbers up to 64 to seven now in the second half that they've been outscored. It, it is brutal. Unlike anything that I've ever seen before. It's Again, so bizarre. And I think I said that last week and then, uh, you know, this week, I guess the Colts only scored the one touchdown after the half. So it was a little bit less of a, a landslide in, in this matchup, but God, it, it, the, they just the brakes go on, and it is like they they lock them up. I mean, it it is a screeching halt at the half, and I, I don't. I again, and we'll we'll get into the film here to kind of back up what I'm saying here, but I it just I don't think it's some overarching thing. I, I think it's a bunch of little things that are right. adding up, and it's it's almost coincidental that it just can that that their mistakes seem to pile up. Only in the second half, or only in crucial situations in the second half, they do have mistakes in the first half, but a lot of times it's on a less critical down. So I, I don't know if it's a lack of focus thing or or something like that, but it is certainly interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into the the video here, and we'll kind of go drive by drive here, which right I think so is this, the way to
0: look at it. Yeah, um, this this first one right here is a design that you didn't love in terms of just the play play design that that led to a a mistake talk us through this play
1: yeah so it is second down here the titans had run the ball uh for i think no gain or maybe one yard on on first down this is the first drive of the second half and they come out and run this this play action boot and they're looking to get um, you know, it, it's kind of a flood concept. You can see Nick Westbrook akine and Jeff Swaim crossing the formation here. They've also got on the on the off the screen where you can't see them. Uh, Robert Woods is running around on that side, so they're trying to kind of flood the zone, get somebody open on that side of the field. But I hate running this. I hate two things about this play. One, I I, ne- I don't really love boots to the quarterback's non-dominant hand. Right, right. so it, it's just an awkward. Uh, it's an awkward throw if you have to make it on the run. You you see him kind of try to flip his body around, and I think he's actually trying to flip it around just to throw it away here and then thinks better of it um, because he really just doesn't have time to get, get to any of his reads by the time that this uh, defensive end, and I think that's Deo Odenigbo, uh yep. from uh, Vanderbilt who mm-hmm. uh, ends up making this play. But the other thing I hate about this, usually when the Titans run – This play action boot look they run it off of a a stretch zone look from the offensive line and and a stretch zone play action look which causes that defensive end to try to chase down the line and and work against the cutback lanes Mm -hmm. but here they're running it off of a power look they're pulling Aaron Brewer but it, it is not I mean it's it's not a it's more of a dive play it's not something that the defensive end necessarily is going to crash as hard as he would a stretch zone going the other way so they're not influencing that defensive end as much as they should be and i don't love that one you're so you're pulling brewer here which leaves ben jones with a bad angle to block grover stewart uh and because of that dennis daly's trying to help ben jones a little bit which leaves him with a bad angle on the defensive end so it's just all of the blocking angles are tough um you're hoping that maybe this this defensive end crashes or tries to maybe run over uh you know overrun the play somehow but it's just a lot you're asking for a lot of things to go right to even get a play off here i mean that's that's the problem is you know sure something's got to go right on every play call um but you're asking for a lot to go right to even get to a look where hopefully someone is open. It it is, I just, I hated that play call specifically or really that play design. I don't mind the play call of going play action there. Right. Um, But the play design, I hate throw, wad that one up, throw it away. Let's never see it again, Todd.
0: And like you said, it's a number of little things that are kind of across the board. That first one, a play design issue. This next one is just a missed opportunity. So this is a, a matter of execution really.
1: Yeah. And so this goes to the next, uh, the next drive. And I believe this is, it's either first or second down here, but the Titans go play action. If you watch Robert Woods, who is the uh, top wide receiver on the screen pre-snap, just, just keep an eye on him. He is, uh, he is running a dig and Traylon Burks from the inside uh, slot position is running. It's, I believe it's a go or or either that or a, a deep seven route. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, this is really what you would consider a, a dagger concept. So Woods is running the dagger and the idea is you're clearing out with this guy and then you've got someone sliding underneath to, to hit. Oh, wow. the middle. Yeah. Woods is wide open. Like as, I, as it, wide as you
0: get in the NFL right here. Yep.
1: Yeah. I mean, and this is not a small gain if they hit him. I mean, it, right here, he is wide open. It is. A, a baffling to me that they don't throw this uh or that Tannehill doesn't throw this ball. His man uh, even
0: leaves him to try to cover Burks
1: on yeah, the deeper it, route. And
0: he's he, right here. I mean, just, it doesn't get any more wide open than that.
1: Yeah. And I don't, I don't understand why he goes to the check down here, which I mean, if he hits woods, it's an explosive play. Like it's a minimum of 15 yards and it's probably, I mean, if you, if you really, if you pause it when Tannehill hits the top of his drop here. So right here, you know, if probably probably hit him in the midfield stride, yeah, if you hit him in stride, you're getting probably to the 50. And you know, maybe you get a block from Burks or or a missed tackle and and he takes it the distance. I mean, this is a this is a huge chunk play. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know what Tannehill saw that that scared him off of it, but this was a missed opportunity on his on his part because he ends up checking it down. Uh and then the, you know the next play, they end up not converting the third down because I believe that was a second down play there. Mm-hmm. Um and you know then you end up with with a punt situation so this next one is another missed opportunity from Tannehill that that i thought uh this one actually comes on third down i think this might be the very next play actually um and if you watch uh kyle phillips this is one of his two snaps of the game uh he is the inside receiver of that bunch three to the bottom of the screen uh when they go pre-snap here he's uh yeah so he's he's the guy lined up to the inside now Yep. Woods, as you saw coming in motion, was late on this play. He was lined up on the other side. They motioned to get him over uh, onto the other side. I think Woods was lined up in the wrong spot initially, and he never gets set. So this play wouldn't have counted anyways, which gives right. a little bit of uh, you know, it, it makes it a little less painful. But um, if they do convert convert this throw to, to Phillips, who is wide open, as you can see here, yep. you know, just, wide. just above the 40 40 yard line, that's as open as you're gonna get. Um and Tannehill's low and late with the throw. Uh, for some reason, he should have that ball should have been released before Phillips really comes. Where out does
0: Tannehill look early here?
1: I he's looking that side, he's reading that. Do you think he's looking at Burks across the middle here? He peeks back at Burks, is what it looks like to me. Yeah. And by the time he gets back to Phillips, it's too late. Um, so you know, I, I'm not sure again why he's not just looking I mean because Phillips has the one-on-one matchup they want um and you know he wins uh, you know immediately he's yeah. open. so you know hit him and hey if you do hit him even if the penalty's called at least you get another shot at converting a third and 14 or whatever it would have been which you know hey maybe low probability but at least it's a chance to convert rather than hey here you go you're punting so yep. um yeah, a couple of weird things from Tannehill in the second half where he just wasn't ripping it on open throws. I mean, those are as open as you're gonna get. Um, and that's unlike him. He's usually very decisive. When a when a read is there, he is gonna put it on the guy. Um, but it is uh it was a couple missed opportunities in this one. And there's one more that we'll hit on for this next play. And this is a third and five. Um in the second half i believe it's the next the the following drive okay um and you'll see the titans I, I think i know what what happens here to him i think he's expecting man coverage you know the the colts give them a man look it is third and and relatively short which is typically a man coverage down for most teams uh but the colts bail into uh cover 2 and or no yep. cover 3 i'm sorry 3 um and it give I think it just gives him a little bit of pause. And if you look, they the Titans are running Mesh, which is a man beating concept. And I know they were anticipating man. So they did, that is kind of part of why maybe he's hesitant here. Hey, Mike, give our it, listeners a, a two second explanation of mesh real quick. Yeah. So mesh, if you watch uh if you watch the two inside receivers, I believe it ends up being Hilliard, which he, Hilliard's on that stack behind Burks. Uh, at the top of the numbers, uh, or at the top set of numbers up there. And then I believe it ends up being Nick Westbrook Akine, who is, uh, in the slot to the bottom side. I I believe Mm -hmm. that's a tight end that's, uh, lined up closer to the left tackle. And I believe he ends up staying in the block or maybe he just runs a short stop route, but Nick Westbrook Akine, and Hilliard are going to run what we call mesh, and that's just a crossing route. They're running across each other. the The idea is that they're going to get a natural rub in the middle. So mm-hmm. if the culture and in man, uh, you're going to get somebody's going to get caught up in the traffic. Right, there just a little
0: bit of got, a, it's a little pseudo pick play, essentially. Right,
1: exactly. So, so I, I know that's what they were looking for running this, but. We've seen him throw this before. Westbrook Akina has a pocket there. He has mm-hmm. a pocket of space where if you hit him, uh, and we saw him do it three times against the, the Raiders, frankly, where he drilled the ball into Westbrook on third downs in tight coverage situations. So we've seen him do it before. He doesn't do it here for whatever reason. Ends up. If he drills uh, the, it right here, Westbrook yes. can turn up field right between these hashes right and even if he waits a beat and just puts it on his body you know Mm kind of has him stop right there he is you know he's gonna be able to catch it and fall down for the first down I mean he's he's there Westbrook probably should have sat his route down just a little bit more than he did he kind of runs through the window a little bit but by the time he's through the window Tannehill's already scrambling and under pressure so um, this, this was a ball that needed to come out quicker and I think the hesitation of the pre-snap versus post-snap read being different is what caused Tannehill to end up holding up on that throw. So I, you know, he ends up climbing the pocket and and getting brought down short of the sticks. He he tried to escape. It looked like he might escape, but uh, you know, a guy guy makes a good open field tackle on him there. So right. So another- a couple of missed opportunities
0: from Tannehill there. Yeah. And then I guess on this next drive, we've got some offensive line issues, which the Titans have had plenty of so far this year.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and so this first one, you know, Nicholas petit Frere, who, you know, it, he continues to be up and down. There's good moments and there's bad, but here he just gets absolutely whipped inside. And, again, this is Deo Odenigbo, um, who is uh, – he just – he's jumping inside. And, look, it is it is tough when a guy wants to jump a gap inside like that. It is a tough block to make because, you know, you're you're aiming – for his outside shoulder initially. And then all of a sudden he's inside and you've got to redirect, but that is part of playing offensive line. You got to be able to make some of these tough blocks and he does a decent job initially, I think of reacting to it, but he just doesn't get enough of him. And, you know, Mm -hmm. there's other issues on the play. I I think the uh, um, he's not the only one that's causing this one to be a a miss. I think a Conquo doesn't, doesn't get a great block. No. uh on the outside linebacker here he either gets, so he,
0: he yeah he jumps the gap as well and a conco yeah. gets beat just as badly if not worse and Do look you and mention- you,
1: when you go, go like when everyone says you know why aren't the rookies playing why aren't the rookies playing it's because of stuff like this like this yes. is what teams are terrified of playing rookies so uh, you know you have two guys completely whiff on their blocks right here at the point of attack and you know you get a, a run for a loss so um that that's it's growing pains. These guys will get better as the season goes well, on. Well, that's what
0: I was going to say, Mike. We, we hear people talking about how NPF, he's been up and down, and, and you see that in the game. You see it on tape, but then you hear in the media people talking about how, like, wow, NPF is really like he's coming along faster than you expect. When you talk about rookie linemen, in particular, rookie tackles, it's such a relative conversation, and I'm not sure everybody really understands how you have to parse – the difference between a great rookie tackle performance versus league wide tackle performance. Like not everybody is Rashawn Slater. Very almost. Nobody is Rashawn Slater. Actually almost everybody comes in and a very good offensive tackle rookie performance rookie season is like just below league average for tackle performance. Like it's such a hard learning curve. So Yeah, NPF has been better than I think anybody expected him to be where he was taken and what his, you know, his his profile in the draft was what people expected him to be for this team. Nobody I don't think anybody expected him to even be a starter for this team when they drafted him. So he's come along,
1: but relative to the league, that's still a well below average tackle. It is. And and I mean, you look at a guy like Andrew Thomas, who I just saw right before the show, you know, PFF has him graded as the highest graded player in the NFL yeah. period, regardless of position through four weeks. Andrew Thomas has been fantastic for the Giants this year. He was awful, awful. as a rookie. I mean, awful. Almost so, unplayable. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is absolutely a learning curve thing. And, and you know, if you I, we talked about this on F Words pod this week, Zach and I did. You look back at Nate Davis uh, as his uh, in his rookie year Um, and Nate Davis was abysmal uh, in his first few starts. And he didn't start till I think it was week five was his first full time start. Um, And it took him about until week 10 or 11 to really be to even things out, especially from a pass blocking standpoint. And become a little bit more of a a solid player and then by the end of that season he was a big part of why they were able to run the ball so well in the playoffs so this will get better and Nicholas petit frere has shown enough flashes that I feel good about him moving forward as the starter and I don't think they need to pull him or anything else like that but you just you're gonna have to live with these growing pains and look it may have been coincidence just based on when the bye fell that year but Nate Davis really settled down after the bye week it, during his rookie season. It, it really started to come together for him right after the bye. Obviously, the Titans have the bye on deck after this game. Maybe we start to see Nicholas petit Frere take those next steps following the bye week, following a chance to really look at some of these issues and maybe work on getting them corrected uh, with a little bit of time off. So, um, yeah, but here's an, another snap here. So where- this is the last. This is the last clip we have in the second half struggles department. Yes.
0: And this one is uh, a, a great ET stunt uh, by the Colts that ended up resulting in the only uh, one of the only sacks of the day on Tannehill. Maybe the only. Yeah, one?
1: I think he was sacked three times. Three total. times. Okay. Um, you know, one of them was that that boot that we just. Oh, yeah, that's but right. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one again. You know, it's it's Petit Frere and Nate Davis not doing the best job passing off this stunt. Yeah, you know, and I, you see the Titans
0: do this on defense to teams all the time. So th- I mean, this is a well played uh it is well played by the Colts but but not not a well done job by the Titans of course
1: and look the Colts are intentionally putting their two best pass rushers uh you know DeForest Buckner and Quiddy Pay right. over Nicholas Petit Frere and asking him to sort this out right so I mean this is this is what they want this is the matchup. he's they immediately want.
0: in conflict with the two best rushers on the team it's not a great it, spot for a rookie it, it,
1: Exactly, it's it's a tough spot. And look, like last week we talked about Max Crosby blocking Max Crosby for a rookie. Not a great spot to be in. So, t- but most teams are going to have a good player that you're going to have to contend with. Um, and he'll get better. He'll get better as this goes on. But this is a communication and comfortability thing, and and knowing when you see this look, hey, I, I need to at least get pay pushed far enough up that Davis can take him. Because it, I mean, he d- he really doesn't get hey pushed out of the way he kind of lets him get into davis's hip which takes davis really out of the play and at that point you're blocking one versus two so um you know just a rough snap but look that's more of a hat tip to the colts there i think more than Mm -hmm. anything i mean hey you did a good job scheming to get the matchup you wanted you two good players made two good rushes and uh, you got the sack so look some of this is the other guys get paid too kind of territory. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think the most of the second half you look at it and you're like, you know, some missed opportunities. It's some offensive line issues. It's some, you know, bad play design here. It, it's a mixed bag. And it was a mixed bag against the Raiders too, I felt like. So I, I don't think it's any one thing. I think it's a bunch of contributing factors all rolling into one really weird and confounding thing that, I just think it's going to go away one week. I I think at some point, and maybe it's this week that that all of a sudden the Titans come out and they can start scoring. They they're scoring evens out. It's no longer all first half and no second half. Maybe it's less first half and more second half. And it just, goes back to a more natural progression of things. But the way it started, it's just one of the strangest. It, it, I've um, never
0: seen anything like
1: it. Things. I, it, yeah, they only make mistakes in the second half on offense right now. like that, It's just bizarre. So,
0: Well, and, and they make no mistakes on offense seemingly in the first half. I mean, yeah. by, by EPA standards, they're the best team in the league by a, a significant margin in the first half of games during this scripted plays. So we've got a couple of those plays here that you liked from the game. Let's look at the things the Titans did well and the things that they should be taking notes on. Hey, let's do this in the second half a little bit.
1: Yeah, and and this is this is that wheel route I want to start with to uh, Traylon Burks, and this is a missed opportunity as well. But I just want you to see how open Burks is, really, because mm-hmm. I mean he wins. This is a really nice design. as a switch release, um, getting him and the, out. The
0: running back here owes him a touchdown. I don't know who it is. Yeah, it's Hilliard. It's Hilliard. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Hilliard. Hilliard doesn't pick ball. it
1: up. And Tannehill is is under pressure pretty much immediately. Yeah, if, if Hilliard gets a little bit more like Dennis Daly isn't covering himself in glory on this play either. But no. um, at least his pressure was to the backside and, and needed a little bit more time. By the time Tannehill's releasing this, you know, that that rush wouldn't have mattered. But Hilliard's does end up getting right on Tannehill to where he can't follow through and kind of forces the throw to be more difficult. Than it should have been. But man, Burks, Burks is walking in for the touchdown Uh, and more importantly, proving my pregame prediction of him scoring a touchdown. Correct. Uh-huh. There's a touchdown if, here if, to be had. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this throw it doesn't even have to be that great a throw. It just needs to be out there for him to go get somewhere, you know? So it is uh he's wide open, but I like the design here. I like them taking a shot to Burks. Obviously, you know, you hope he gets healthy soon, but like a lot about that play, everything except for, Dontrell Huggins, let's pick up there. So, yeah. um, But we'll move on to a play that actually did work, and it's another wheel route. Hey, how but about Chig
0: showing up in this game? Who knew? He's on the team. He can catch use, the ball.
1: Yeah, it's exciting to see him use Chig. And and here, this is a fantastic design because they, they end up motioning Chig into the backfield, which they're – starting to do the things that we kind of thought they might do with him, getting him the ball in creative ways, lining him up in creative ways, uh, and using him kind of like John o. Smith was that first year, but here yep. he releases out of the backfield and what you see, you know, 44, who is uh Zaire Franklin for the Colts and, and who's played really good football for them this year. He's really in no man's land here because this is a run. Look like the Titans give him a play fake. And he's got run responsibility, so he has to come downhill at Derrick Henry. And it's not until Chig kind of takes that little sidestep around him that he goes, oh, crap, You know, this, this is a pass. And uh-huh. by that point, Chig has the step really? on him and is open. So this is beautiful design, really well done, and then a the great ball uh, from Tannehill to put it on him and, and let him go make a play. So I'm excited to see them use him like that because this is a guy that I feel like – if you could just recreate the 20 what was it what was johnny smith's draft class 2017 2018 i think yeah so it really the way that mike malarkey used him in 2017 was really creative and and good uh, you know malarkey and rabisky of course um but you know titans two favorite <laughs> offensive minds <laughs> Titans uh, legends yeah they, they used uh johnny smith Really creatively that year. And you're starting to see the Titans use Chig in some of those ways. And I'm really excited about that because Chig is a playmaker. He's got great hands. He needs more opportunities like this. And I'm excited to see uh, them get that. And we'll use another example. Yeah, here's another one that he had a great play here as well. And this, of course, ices the game.
0: Um, on that. I liked this play time. call on the part of of Downing. I thought this was a, a pretty gutsy way to end the game, and it worked out. It was a good play.
1: I did too. Yeah, I, and it because really when when they see Chig in the backfield, I'm sure they they are thinking something is up here. But I think your initial thought as a defender would be, well, they're just trying to hide Henry so that they exactly. can give him the ball, and we aren't going to be all swarming him. Yeah, that they, they're just trying to hide Henry here, and and so obviously they run the little fake. Fullback belly uh, to Henry, which uh, you know draws a ton of attention. But then you've got Chig, and you've got a high-low read between Chig and Swame here. But his Swaim
0: run. is the one that draws away that outside guy just enough.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and if that corner doesn't turn and try to run with Swaim. You've got Swame you over the flag route. So it's uh, it's a really nice design. I love the play call. They come. They do it with a jumbo set too, bringing Dylan Radins into the game to, again, try to say, look, we're going to run the football at you. We're going to run the football at you. So everything they're doing screams run, um, including personnel. Like, you know, Radins is in the game. Jeff Swaim is in the game. And mm-hmm. uh, Cody Hollister is the receiver, of course. You know, everyone's favorite um so everything about the titans you know the way they lined up the personnel that's in the game is screaming run here and then they throw the play action pass to to chig from a halfback spot so i love that creativity love getting him involved um and then one other thing uh you know we'll look at from a, a stuff i like standpoint um, first touchdown of the game of, right here yeah robert robert woods um Love the love them going play action on first down in the low yes. red zone. Yes. Uh, because that is a run, run, run look. If you ever saw one for the Titans, just the way they run the ball on first down and the way they run the ball in the red zone, uh, especially the low red zone. So their tendency breaking here, and they catch you know really uh, you know Darius Leonard or I'm sorry Shaquille Leonard. Shaq Leonard. Uh, yes. Please. Is is kind of you know he's he's pulled in by the the play action fake. And then it looks like uh, uh, Kenny Moore or or maybe it was the safety. I'm not sure who was supposed to go with Robert Woods, but somebody I fell think, asleep.
0: I think it's the safety who's here. just standing, defending nobody right in the sun here.
1: Yeah. If you watch, if you watch Hollister, you know, he ends up with two guys on him and Woods has zero guys on him, which is really lovely if you're a Titans, uh, <laughs> uh, if you're drawing it up for the Titans. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, really like I, I, you know, not so much. Obviously, the Colts busted that coverage, so it, it makes it easy. But I love them going with a tendency breaker in the. Living. When you say it's tendency breaking, but
0: we saw them run this exact kind of thing more times than I can count in training camp, and yeah. then they seemingly decided to just throw that part of the playbook away at the beginning of the year. Um, so it's it's certainly a a positive. A, It was confusing until they finally started using it. I'm not sure why they I'm still confused as to why they took so long to start doing this kind of thing, whether it was a a trust issue or what. But they did it so much in in training camp for them to have gone away from it was confusing. Mm -hmm. And then when they did it in the first half of this game, it worked very well for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I. They've always been a good red zone team, at least under Vrabel. I mean, year by year, they're in the top five as far as red zone efficiency. Technically right
0: now, they're breaking red zone efficiency because they're like 107 percent EPA over expected for red zone efficiency, which is hilarious because they're never there in the second half of the game. But when they're there, they're scoring. Yeah, they score.
1: They they, and and it's intentional, right? Like Vrabel drills red zone more than any coach I've ever seen. Um, Yes they do all kinds of work in red zone during camp, during off season, you know, it is intentional that they are really good in the red zone um, and situationally. now maybe you could say, Hey, they need to work on the rest of the offense too. Uh, (laughs) But when it comes to converting, when they get close, they're really, really good at it. And they always have been under variable regardless of who the offensive coordinator is.
0: Yep. So here's another one. This is a a duo. Uh, This is the the screen to Henry at the, the early part of the game that went for a big gain. What did you like about this
1: play? Yeah, this is really nice design because they've they've done some of this throwback screen stuff off of uh, outside zone before, but I've never really, or at least I can't remember seeing them do it off of a duo look. So this is, again, something that uh, looks like a new wrinkle to me. Um, you see the two double teams on the interior guys, uh, which really sells the run because they don't get... You know, usually on a screen, you'll see a guy you know, almost not block anybody because um, mm-hmm. he's trying to get out quickly to block. Well, here they actually do double team initially. I mean, they, these guys block. Um, you watch the the guard center and then guard tackle combinations on the two interior. Mm. They are they are engaging. Um, so that really just long sells, enough sells the run just long enough, and then they kind of let this guy think he won you know, and and then you slip out the back door and then all of a sudden you've got your awesome athletes out in space with Nate Davis and and Aaron Brewer. Aaron Brewer does a really nice job. Yeah. Look at this entourage
0: that he's got once he's got the
1: ball in his hands. Yeah. Brewer, Brewer getting that block right there is really the key block to get him into open space. And then you've got, you know, a a convoy uh, going downfield. So I love the Titans getting Henry involved in the passing game. I've mentioned they've Thrown more to him in the last two weeks than they have in any two-week period combined over the, his entire career. So this yeah. is clearly something they're trying to involve in the offense. Um, and as long as
0: he manages to catch the ball, yeah. he's, he's he's a
1: good a good uh, player
0: and obviously an athlete in space. You don't want to have to face. He's just got to secure the ball. That's all. Yeah, the Small hands detail. the
1: hands are still shaky. I mean, very that's suspect just a, hands. It, yeah, it just yeah. I don't think that's going to change
0: ever. You gotta you gotta yeah. touch pass to him all day every day. Yeah, you gotta take it, it off of them. It's soft uh-huh. toss with Henry. Um and you but- I don't know if you know I noticed this in a couple of the uh practice clips from different Titans reporters this week when the running backs were running uh screen drills. It's it's almost like the the trainers who are, are throwing the ball or the coaches that are throwing the ball know what kind of pass to throw to Henry because Henry goes first and it's this very soft feathery touch pass that anybody could catch. And then Hilliard is next and they just drill it into his gut. It's entirely (laughs) different. And I found it so funny.
1: That is funny. Yeah. Henry's like, yeah, I think you're right. He's never going to have good hands at this point, but if you can just get him to catch these easy layups, uh, that's all you really need. Um, And as we mentioned last week during this segment, it's, it does some things to the defense as far as what they have to look for and, and how their linebackers can react to certain looks that that helps the Titans in other areas as well. So as as they continue to put these plays on film, it will continue to open up other opportunities. Um and then here's uh this is the the long touchdown run for Henry that ends up getting called back due to this Phantom Burks hold down here. I mean, yeah. look at there's just no way there's just no way that's a hold and we'll we'll get into the more holding complaining here in a minute but <laughs> yes you, we will when you look at some of these other holds that did not get called in my god is it just ticky tack here um and in the whole reason it's called is because gilmore throws his hands up and, and mm-hmm. honestly it's just a, a ref reacting to seeing a defender throw his hands up and complain so um frustrating that that's called and called back because it's a this is the run that to me is is like, okay, this looks like Derrick Henry. Like yep. he breaks through two tackles there. He's sorting through all this traffic. And then all of a sudden he's out the back door and he's gone. That looks like prime Henry to me. He's looking better and better um, as the weeks go on here, as he typically yep. does. And frankly, he's looking better earlier in the season than he often has
0: Wait, so Mike, are you telling me that when he was declared dead through two weeks this year, that that was just a like a little premature? That people it may was, have just been a little bit overreactive. On it was that definitely one?
1: premature. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, and I thought he looked a touch off of his normal speed early in the season. But any time but- I brought that up, I also said. That's not abnormal for him early in the year. No. So we'll see if that's a permanent thing or if that's a,
0: you know, it's a projection. People are so every passing year, they're like, oh, he's getting older. It's going to, it's yeah. going to fall apart eventually. So they're just, they're projecting that onto his early, even, even when he does fall apart, you will not know until week, like six or seven. It's
1: yeah, just exactly. the way he works. Exactly. He is a, uh, he gathers momentum as the season goes on. So, and, and I, yeah, he looks like he is back to me. And, and the next clip here is going to be another, uh, nice run for them. And it shows kind of some of the stuff that, look, this is what Nicholas Petit is doing well right now. He is blocking well in the run game. You see, he gets a really nice kick out block on pay uh, to kind of help clear the way. But, you know, Nate Davis is doing a great job as usual. Ben Jones with a fantastic reach block uh, on 96 there, whoever that is. I'm not even sure who that is for the Colts, but um, a really nice, nicely blocked play. And you see Brewer, I and mean, Brewer's just such an athlete. He's such a weapon on the backside of these runs. I, I hope they, one of the things that they start to lean on is really running right uh, in this offense because. No more
0: run left. Bar- Barstool's got to get a new new hat. They got a new merch opportunity here.
1: Print, print the hats. We're running right now because Nate Davis is your best offensive lineman. As of today, um, and you need to be running behind him as much as possible. And Petit Frere is a good run blocker. I mean he whiffs like we we saw that one whiff earlier. He's gonna whiff every now and then, but what he does when he does engage and and locks up is really good in the run game. So, and I love Brewer on the backside. Brewer is such a talented athlete. and when you can get him scooping out those weak side linebackers, uh, on the backside of those zone runs, right. Well, his his that weakness was, is his strength,
0: right? It's that size. He has more athleticism than most of those guys, and so w- when you've got a matchup like DeForest Buckner, it it is absolutely terrifying. But if he can, it, you know, just survive that kind of matchup, then when you get him pulling and you get him on those linebackers, who he is just as physical and athletic as, but bigger, than, it's a massive mismatch.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic in space, and and I think that's going to continue to be an advantage for them as the season wears on. I mean, we, we know this team historically gets better running the football as the season goes on. You know, Henry, we just talked about tends to get better. Uh, But the offensive line also tends to come together. And I think that's true of a lot of NFL teams, just not just the Titans, but it's certainly true of the Titans, because I think it's so hard in the run game with how practices are limited from a contact standpoint and everything like that to get a real good look at the run game in training camp. And I think it just takes these time these guys time to gel and really get used to the physical nature of running the football in the NFL. And, and I think once they do, they tend to be very good at it um, here in Tennessee. But we'll look quickly at the other side of the ball. I know we've spent a lot of time on the offense the last two weeks, and that's mostly just because this whole – First half, second half thing is just so baffling to me well, on the um, defensive
0: side of the ball. It's it's not it, who wants to evaluate all these guys that shouldn't be out here to begin with. Right. Right. It, yeah. In this case, to. in this game, I, I'll let you talk about this, but I was impressed by the no names this week.
1: Yeah, I, I thought, you know, look, you had a a starting defense that featured Andrew Adams, Terrence who? Mitchell, uh, huh? Dylan Cole. Uh, I think I don't know if Mario Edwards started, but he played a ton of snaps he Played quite a bit. Um, and, and then he had Joe Schobert uh, rotating in that would had been signed like four days hours before or something. Yeah. yeah he, he didn't even have his parking pass yet for, for Titans. Uh, <laughs> but Mike, none of them
0: got exposed time. in this game.
1: None of them. They all played, they all played well. I mean, Terrence Mitchell even had a pretty good game. I thought, and and we'll look here at, uh, a couple reps from Caleb Farley. Cause I think that's kind of, you know, the guy on defense that maybe mo- people are most you know, interested in at the moment. And you start with the coverage on this uh, long ball that he gave up. The the other catches that he gave up in this game, I had no issue with at all. Like, he was in good position. Um, you know, guys are going to catch balls in this league. One, once the Colts caught them in man coverage, mm-hmm. they ran a rub route. Farley went over the top, you know, made the tackle. The guy got the first down. You know, that's going to happen. There was nothing he could have done about that play right. to stop it. So here he is
0: manned up on the deep route at the
1: bottom of the screen. Um, and he's honestly, he's in great position here. Like he's in phase. This is where you want him to be. And the problem is this ball is so underthrown. <laughs> and I, special. Know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's not Carson Wentz. Maybe it's uh, this it's was Frank my design, coaching yeah. the whole time. But All right. So
0: here on this deep pass, throw it 10 yards short. Trust me. I promise it'll work.
1: Exactly, and, and it is really hard to defend sometimes because you're ha- you don't see the ball. All of a sudden, you just see the receiver stop, and now you've got to throw on the brakes and try to turn around and locate the ball all at the same time. Um, and here, you know, Farley slips, and look, part of this may be the Colts crappy turf, um, but I still think he's struggling a little bit with his trust in that knee. I, I don't think he's Agreed. really comfortable planting hard off his of that. Cuts are, are soft. Yeah. Yes. He, he like he, he he's taking a lot of steps to really change directions a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of it, and I think that'll get better as he gains comfort um, on that surgically repaired knee. But you know, this isn't a terrible play by him. It's just one. It's a tough play that you know maybe he could have done a better job of slamming on the brakes and locating the ball. But it is a tough play for any corner anytime a ball is thrown like that. Um, now the risk. When you underthrow a ball like that, is hey, it, it could be completely, you know, picked off by another right. guy in coverage or something like that. So that's why teams don't do it all the time oh, him, but, him
0: being in such good position early on that route is is what ended up screwing him really because if he'd gotten beaten he'd have been in better position for the underthrown ball
1: yeah he might have run ran right under it to pick it uh-huh. off you know, so. yeah. <laughs> but uh, here's uh this next is a good one is a, is a good rep for him um and a good result as well but he's at the bottom of the screen again um and he's uh, working against alec pierce again and and here he does a good job he's he opens up his his hips and you know starts to run with him going deep, and it is a deep comeback route. But he does a nicer job throwing on the brakes here and staying in phase. You can see he actually gets out of his break before Pierce does, so he actually closes the gap in the break. Those and, of you watching
0: at home, turn your brightness up to four thousand oh in order God. to see this in the. I and mean, this is such a ADD squirrel moment, but the shadows uh, on this field are the worst in the league i think pretty clearly
1: it's uh, horrendous watching so all bad. 22 on this is so hard because the shadows are miserable mm-hmm. um but you know obviously the throw here is is not accurate but Farley's in great position and, and you know that is how you want that route covered so you know he showed some things i thought this week like obviously he didn't have a huge bust in knowing his assignment that that sh- at least not that showed up on tape to me um and he was in phase on both of those routes until the underthrow. So, in um, the other plays I talked about, you know, I thought he played perfectly fine. So it was a better game from him. It was a better game from Terrence Mitchell too, who who didn't really give up a ton. Uh, I think he had, he gave up one first down conversion on a third down, I believe, but that was about it. Um, so part of that is the Colts' wide receivers aren't very good, um, right. and neither is Matt Ryan, frankly, at this point in his career. But it's better. It's better from the Titans cornerbacks in general. I, I thought, you know, Roger McCreary had some rough moments with some of those crossers and in, in coverage, which I think that's part of the thing. They need to get him back outside because mm-hmm. he's better outside than he is inside in the slot. Yep. And they need Really, they need Eliza Molden. You need Molden back. Yeah. If you can't have Molden, I'd rather have a Amadi. That way you at least have a guy with some experience in there in the slot and you can put McCreary back where he really belongs outside. So I like that group better, um, you know, with Amadi, but I like that group a lot better with Molden. So I, I'm yes. interested to see what this secondary looks like when they come back. But look, Farley did some things that you kind of liked in this game. So maybe uh, maybe a baby step forward for him, and we'll see how much he plays this week. I think if Amadi's back, which it looks like he probably will be at this mm-hmm. point, it probably means no more Farley uh, you know, from a regular snap standpoint, because I'd imagine it's gonna be McCreary outside with Fulton on the other side and then Amadi in the in the slot. But who knows? Maybe they do, you know, stick with some McCreary inside and Farley outside for certain matchups. It'll it'll be interesting to see how and if he's used, but I think if he does return to the bench for this game, it's not necessarily because he played poorly against the Colts. I just think it's because they have better options right now.
0: Now we said pre-show that we'd be doing about 30 minutes on the film, and here we are about 43 minutes in. But that's just how it goes. We got so much to talk about very quickly. Two minutes we got to spend on the hold of Palooza here. Y- you tweeted about this at the time in the game, and we've got all of these clips of the Colts just getting away with the most egregious holds you'll see in a game not called. Um, so t- talk us through talk us through the disaster of officiating that we've got here.
1: it's it's just it's. It was funny to watch this back on tape because they, it almost looked like the Colts were being coached to reach around and grab the nameplate on these guys' jerseys because <laughs> it happens almost every snap. And you see Simmons gets tackled here. Like that, that. There's no two ways about it. He is getting tackled by the right guard. Like he has him beat right here he, and he doesn't let him go and he pulls him down to the ground. So that is a hold in every, in every game that, that is always called a hold. Yep. And You know, some of these like some of these will end up being ticky tack calls that, you know, maybe you don't. But this this is this has to be a flag every time. Now, Tier tart ends up picking off this pass. But look, the guy has him turned around completely backwards. I I posted a snapshot of this on Twitter. But it looks like Simmons is blocking the offensive lineman by the end of this. He's giving him a hug. Yeah. And. Like that is a hole that <laughs> yeah. because like what happens if, if Tart does not end up catching this ball, if a Colts player catches it or, or if it falls incomplete, the Titans would have liked to have that 10 yards. Right. So yeah. you got to throw the flag regardless. Um And then this one, you know, this time it's, uh, Hello, it's Simmons Simmons again uh being held by the right tackle or right guard again. And uh, You know, this one may be a little less egregious, at least this time his hands are, uh, on his front of his body, but he's still grabbing that chest plate and pulling him. Um, so, you know, getting better, at least as far as non-calls go. Um, but it, it was constant throughout this game um, that the Colts just held and held and held. Here, this one's Weaver. Um, he's, you know, look. Got him by the neck. Yeah, he's he's got him by the neck. And I mean, you, you see, if you see that happen in a game where a guy's like, arms are going up like this, And he's flailing around (laughs) like usually that gets called, but not not in this game. No, it's just funny. These the holds were and there's so many of them. There's a lot of them. Like I, I, I ended up cutting out a few of them just because I was like, well, that's so far away from the play. It didn't really matter. Uh, this one is Quentin Nelson giving uh, Danico Autry a big bear hug at the line of scrimmage. Like, look, just <laughs> what kind of block is that? I mean, it's it, not. It's a hold. He is, he is <laughs> just holding him. Like, uh, I just don't understand yeah, how no. the Colts ended up having one, one holding penalty in this entire game. And it was an egregious goal, but – uh, how, how did none of these other calls end up getting made? Um, this one here. Yeah. Look, <laughs> look, look at this block by the left tackle here. Um, watch, watch him as he's like, got him in a headlock. He's, <laughs> he's pulled him his, in a headlock. He's, yeah. You he's got pulling him bent him backwards. over in a headlock. He looks like he's about to suplex him. Um, and then you've also got Ryan Kelly, uh, you know, like hip tossing Jeffrey Simmons. Um, just hilarious.
0: And I'm just, I've got a potpourri of options here that I'm choosing. Oh, from. this
1: one, this one is a great one. Yeah. Like look at the, look at the block, both hands on his, on his back. Just a hug. So, yeah. Just, just giving him a hug. And again, Weaver makes the strip. We, you know, the Titans end up pushing them back further. I don't think the Titans recovered. Yeah. The Titans did not recover that fumble, but um, no. either way, like got to call a hole. That that needs to be a penalty and in decline, but it's gotta be a call. Um, and here's another one. Weaver just gets tackled as he tries to spin back inside. Um, just like, what are we doing here? Yeah. What are we doing? Like spin back inside. Oh, I'm going to tackle you. I mean, do we, do we think he just like laid down on the ground? Yeah. He just took a nap at that point. He was done for no, no reason. Like, come on. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, that's going to do it for our film room segment of the show. Once again, you get more than we meant to give you, but you're welcome. We're just so generous here at the Mike Herndon (laughs) show. Um, And that's the end of the road for those of you who are listening via podcast. And those of you who are watching um, the free version on YouTube, we appreciate you watching. We would love for you to watch the rest of the show. We're going to get into a ton of stuff surrounding the Titans and the Commanders coming up in week five, as well as the Moneymaker Mike segment, going to get some bets, a refund for uh, getting a Broadway Insider pass to be able to watch this show. And then we've got our uh, our hot take of the week, the mic drop. Mike giving us his hottest take on our way out. In order to get all of that great stuff, as well as all the great stuff over at broadwaysportsmedia.com, you have to become a Broadway Insider. Guys, it's really just the cost of a trip to Starbucks a month is all its five ninety nine is. $5.99, uh, $6.99 a month, but you get your first month for $0.99 cents if you use code Insider when you sign up right now. At Broadway media.com or just get the annual pass. Set it and forget it. You can pay it now, and then have a whole year of content the rest of the Titans season into the pred season, all of our MLS coverage, all the great Nashville sports coverage that we got going here. Use code annual right now to get uh 49 99 as your total for your annual pass uh marked down from the 69 99 regular price, which it will go back up to here eventually. That's what it costs to get the rest of this show, which is going to be behind the paywall. So to those of you who are insiders and are listening, thanks for sticking with us. Those of you who aren't, go sign up now. Thanks for watching.